Welcome to Shortcuts to Mastery. I'm your host, Maria Henning, and in my universe, life is for growth and time is for bending. So hop in, my friend, buckle up, and let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to the Shortcuts to Mastery podcast. How are you? How's it going? This is a super fun episode. I got to interview Rachel Lieberman from Pure Generators about her new book, A Modern Guide to Human Design, as well as some of the really fun topics that we got into as the conversation evolved. And it was so much fun. I've been following Rachel for years. We kind of both laugh about that in the podcast, but we haven't really gotten to chat. And so this was such a fun connection point. And we got into some really cool topics, in my opinion. And I actually wasn't planning, as you'll hear me say in the episode, on ever having guests on this podcast. I initially just, the idea of it was just for it to be a solo episode. But a few months ago, I saw Rachel posting about her new book and just saying she'd love to talk about it on podcasts. And I was like, fuck yeah, actually, that sounds like so much fun. Why didn't I think about doing interviews before? So this is cool because this is the first interview I think of many. And it's cool as a generator to have had that idea come to me as something outside of me to respond to. So really fun first interview on the podcast. And speaking of first interview, I just completely forgot to record this episode from my closet, aka my recording studio. So you'll hear some like kitchen sounds in the background and things like that, but it'll feel like you're of hanging out with us, you know, in a little virtual cozy space, or at least let's say that that was my intention. And if you're coming from Rachel's audience, by the way, hi, my name is Maria. It's great to meet you. I'm a human design and jinkies teacher. It's super awesome to have you here. And I hope that whether you're coming from my audience, Rachel's audience or beyond that you enjoy this conversation, no matter where you're coming from. I think it was a really good one. I got to ask Rachel some fun questions. Like I was saying, she's such a resource. She's so much fun. She knows so much and I really enjoyed it. So I hope you do too. It was a great time. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you at the end. Yay. Amazing. We're recording. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little uh, under the weather post a an intense like month long launch and promo experience. But today I'm feeling good. So I'm excited for our chat and welcome to the Shortcuts to Mastery podcast. You're actually my first podcast guest. (laughs) So I wasn't planning on having guests on the podcast, but when you posted about uh, your book and that opportunity, I was like, actually, yes, absolutely. I'd love to have you on. So speaking of all of that, I'd love for you, for my audience that might not know you, to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your book, this project, which I have some questions about, but tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I am Rachel Lieberman. I run a platform called Pure Generators, where I talk about human design and mostly focus on the generator MG experience. But I did recently release a book called A Modern Guide to Human Design that covers like everything in human design, not just generators and MGs. So it's been really fun to create something that everybody can enjoy. And yeah, I guess my goal with the book was there hadn't been new human design books out in the market for quite a while. Now, this year, we have a wave of new ones from just like sort of the new generation, which is really cool to see. So obviously, other people were also thinking similarly. And I just wanted to create something that would be good for both someone who is brand new to human design or maybe someone who already knew a little bit about it, but it's always so helpful to have something to reread, to look at again, to reference, because we don't really like learn and integrate all of this stuff at once, like in one day. Um, and I just wanted it to be really practical and easy to read and easy to understand and also just visually interesting and fun because that's really important to me. So yeah, that's, that's the book. And I think you crushed it because I have really been enjoying reading this book. And there's a couple things that you said that I have really just like I've touched, I've tuned into number one, visually, I'm just like obsessed with the visuals. And there's like these colors, like in the, in the, what is that called? Yeah, the like crease the spine. Or whatever. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yes. It looks like there's light like coming out of it. I was so like just taken aback by that as I was like reading it. And then I think it's, it's, as you're saying, like, we don't often integrate this stuff. And I have, you know, some questions for you about this systems and human design and all of that, but we don't integrate it all at once. And like, for me, I've just gotten way more into the gene keys over the years. And I haven't really 
like deepened my human design study and I don't talk about it as often. So as I'm like gearing up to teach a whole Gene Keys course that includes human design in it, it's like it's helpful to have like this, a different perspective and a really grounded and practical perspective like yours to reference amongst, you know, the source stuff that I have and like other other human design teachers. So it just, you know, for me, I just selfishly came at a great time <laughs> and I've been really enjoying reading it and it's super clear. I also took it to... Uh, I went to Vermont this weekend uh, with some friends and they were both like perusing the book and like really enjoying it. So cool. some, you know, new newcomers. Yeah. Newcomers to human design, like, you know, really enjoying it. They've heard of it. I talk about it all the time, you know, as we do uh, that are in this world. This, this is the lens that we view the world through, um, you know, but they not there haven't, you know, studied it as I have or whatever. And they're they were really appreciating it. I have my main question for you about this is so really quick you're a one three sacral generator mm-hmm. correct yeah what's your what's your big three in in astrology out of curiosity I am a Virgo sun Virgo moon and Scorpio rising fun love that yeah. I'm not an astrologer but it's yeah. it's fun to hear <laughs> people's big three my main question for you I'm just impressed super impressed by this like one three aspect with this book and the reason I say that is because I think this is a perfect like production of your one three I could also tune into some gene key reasons for that as well but I I would love for you to talk about the experience of writing this as a one three with this lens of like most of my one and three clients really have a have like they, they really struggle like putting things out there. Mm-hmm. The ones being like, I never know enough. Like with my one clients, we joke that it's like they wish they could just download their brain into like someone else's brain. And if they've never given every nuance and every thought they've had and every dot they've connected, it's like not enough. So I find that to be really a challenge with, with my one clients and friends. And then the threes are always afraid to try something new, to experiment, to, to screw it up or whatever. And I feel like you did a great job of like using the, using the gifts and the power of the one three. So how, how was this? Yeah. How was this process for you as one three? Did you deal with some of those things? Or have you dealt with them in the past? Yeah, it's definitely been one of the biggest challenges of just like having a business. I think that one threes, because I think because I'm a one three, I attract a lot of one threes like to my work. And so I get a lot of feedback from them. So that has helped me understand it better over the years, too. But we're more like artists or creators, sort of more that archetype than anything else, because it, you know, it's going to vary person by person, depending on what else you have going on in your chart or just, you know, how you're raised or the culture you're living in. But as time has gone on in my deconditioning process, I'm becoming like more sort of antisocial. Like there's nothing in my role as that one three that's really about things coming to me through people like that is kind of the special thing about that profile so it's not that I don't love sharing things with people I do but it's such a an inward process because it's like the one is very like introspective like you're going deep into things like you really need to be like sort of within yourself to do that and then the three you're kind of going out in the world and you're just seeing how it works but at the end of the day you're kind of coming back and being like okay So what did I learn? And yeah, there's a lot of like inner turmoil that happens with that, I would say. It's not so much about what's going on in the outer world. So a lot of one threes, I think, have a hard time figuring out like, how do I make money or how do I put out something that's not their traditional like teaching, you know, like, I mean, one threes are actually also great teachers, but maybe like coaching somebody or uh, like something with a ton of like people oriented activities Mm. uh so yeah for me I think the book was really an extension of the things that I've found are the most satisfying for me which is like creating a guide to something or writing a blog or creating visuals like those have been all the things that I've done over the past five years that have been the most satisfying and I think definitely part of me felt like there's no way to only do that and be successful or there's no way to like do this in a bigger way but I do think that I I had this idea of wanting to do a book for quite a while. I just had to let it kind of like unfold <laughs> in the way that felt right. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, there's always that, I guess the other thing is I really wanted to do this with a publisher because as a 1-3, I feel that I don't have a great gauge of like what other people want. So I was like, why don't I allow a publisher to give me a concept that they think would be successful and what people want, and then I can just create that. So that's basically how it 
unfolded. And it's just definitely something I could not have done on my own. (laughs) I find that to be fascinating. And I also, for those of you that are listening, if you don't binge Rachel's podcast, I spent all of Monday binging it. And I heard your episode about how you got this book deal in alignment with your design. And you spoke about like that piece of you wanted a publisher to help you to kind of get, um, you know, get a sense of what the people would want. I think that's fascinating. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And I think that your business, you know, I, so I followed you for a long time, but we haven't really yeah, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, we haven't necessarily crossed paths too, too much, but I've always been obsessed with like your visuals and then, you know, looking at this book and then also like listening to your podcast recently and hearing everything that you're up to. I feel like you're you're doing the one line creator archetype justice. That's the like life's work line in the gene keys. Like I find that you're doing things in business very creatively, right? And, and then looking at like, the work that you, like, I've always been obsessed with your visuals, like I was saying, and I think I've, you know, have seen your Oracle deck from like many years ago or whatever. And I was always impressed with your design. And I just am super excited because like I was saying, I normally find ones and threes that are really struggling with like the, the shadowier aspects of those archetypes. And, and I find that you're like really exemplifying like the, the gift aspect of it. So I can't wait to be like, here, here's an example. Like I only have one, one line in my chart. It's my unconscious 1.1 mercury so it's not an archetype I can like super speak to I'm like I don't know I'm just a two like it just comes easy I'm sorry um if this is annoying but I just it's just cool it's just cool to see to see what you're up to how was like speaking of the ones how was like the research process for putting together a book like this did you find that there was a lot of like I don't know stuff that you wanted to fill in the gaps of or were you like I don't know I feel really resourced I've been doing this for you know x number of years and like I feel ready to like put this out there yeah I feel like in my last answer I did also gloss over the fact that like leading up to like the past year or two I would say like becoming confident in creative expression has been like my biggest like demon and like life journey like it yeah it has been very difficult And to the point where I feel like I purposefully chose like a career path previously that was like zero creativity, even though that is like the heart of who I am. So, yeah, it's definitely been a difficult journey. And yeah, as far as the the writing of this, there were a lot of things that I had already covered. But I think just being that first line, like I had never really talked about like variable before in in any of my work. I was like deep in the raw Uruhu uh, materials just to like make sure I got everything right. I will say like I had an extreme fear like when this came out of like there's going to be a mistake in there somewhere and I still have that fear. No one has come to me with that yet but like I literally I almost couldn't enjoy it when the physical book arrived because I was like oh god I'm gonna look through this and find this mistake and I finally had to sit myself down and look at the parts where I was feeling the the least confident and just like verify okay there is no mistake here despite like this going through many rounds of editing but I was the only human design person with my eyes on it so no one else could really like catch that type of mistake but so far there's no mistake that any but maybe there is and I just need to be okay with that I'm a third line there are mistakes so yeah but yeah that was definitely something I had to get over (laughs) No, that makes sense. I'm like double Virgo, right? Like, oh my God, the mistake aspect of it. I I have six like Capricorn planets and like I'm what you're doing in a book is what I'm attempting to do with the Gene Keys course. And it's like, how do I like get everything in there and like make sure there's no mistake or like perfect. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally get that. It's fascinating to hear you say that like getting into the creative thing was like very difficult and you chose a career that like wasn't creative. And I often find like I've heard myself say a lot over the years, like, I hate like film and TV, but secretly I'm like, I'm so interested in that. Like, wait, I like, I would almost like want to be a part of that world. And I find that we do this a lot to ourselves. Maybe it's like a protection mechanism. I mean, we could get into like core wound of human design, which I think you're also doing great in 53.6. I'm assuming that's your chart in the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the 21st Mm -hmm. page. Yeah. (laughs) So 53, you know, beginnings, line six, like, you know, uh, bird's eye view perspective, like putting all this together. Um, But I'm curious if you could, I know I'm harping on this one thing but truly like I really have not found good examples to send my ones through but 
what what for you i don't know if you could describe like the journey of like the struggle of the creative process and like being a deeply creative person and like what what were some of the things that allowed you to own it and what does it feel like now like really owning that are there still you know hiccups along the way i'd love to hear you know your perspective on that yeah it was very gradual like i think it was around 2015 that i started to realize okay I'd kind of had, I was kind of in the middle of like a spiritual awakening, what you might call it. And I was just doing a lot of thinking about like, what do I want to want out of my life? Like, do I actually enjoy the things I'm doing? Like, what's the point of all of this? And for whatever reason, well, also I realized I'd become a very boring person with like no hobbies, no passions, just like nothing outside of, I don't know, like I think I was seeking that in like relationships, like love relationships. I was really like looking for someone else to give me that type of purpose, which like that has been a lifelong struggle for me. But I mm. I just had some experiences where I was like, I found myself just very alone, which I think is exactly what I needed. And I had this job as a project manager, which was like mildly satisfying. It wasn't the worst thing ever. And I was like, you know, I think I just need to make something so I literally would just go home and like cut up paper and I made some art for my apartment and then I start I was like I'll do some painting and then I got like I remember I was painting with these really bright sort of paint colors it's not really not that different from what I do now Uh, and I went and got like I like sherbet ice cream in the exact same color and I was like okay like we're just this is what we're doing on the weekends Mm. I I don't I just was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was, I think I was honoring my sacral essentially, but I just, I didn't know about human design back then. And then that just kind of snowballed and I ended up making my Oracle deck, which I've had since 2016, I guess it was the very end of 2016. And I, I just got this idea, like I need to do this because I was really into tarot and oracles and I just took a week Mm. off, like very last minute, like on Thursday, I was like, I'm taking next week off. And I was like, well, I'm just going to sit in my apartment and try to make this. And I didn't make all of it. I made a little bit. But, yeah, it was very gradual. It was just kind of taking that, I guess, intentional time to just be Mm. like – it was like to be a child kind of, to go back to that feeling of just making things with no expectation. For me, a lot of it was visual, but it could be for other people different things. could be writing, could be dance, could be whatever. And over time, it just became more comfortable. And I would say now I reflect on this sometimes like now that's just like my state all the time. It's just kind of like a non-negotiable state. It's just become very normal. I don't really know another way to be. But over Mm. the years, I have hit those knots of like, oh, yeah, I feel kind of cringe about like putting this out there. And now I don't feel that so much. Um, Mm. But I just try not to really think about like where like how people receive things that I do because that's just not really for me to know (laughs) so just (laughs) like as a one three it's just like you create it you put it out there you kind of learn some things and you're like back to the drawing board and that's really the point of it yeah no that's so cool and it does sound childlike and playful Mm -hmm. and explorative and just like you know, getting the colors together. And I, yeah, I look at your work and I'm like, it's so colorful. It's so pleasing to look at it to my sacral. It's very satisfying. And it's so, and it's also very practical and clear and, and informative. So yeah, it, it's, I, I'm sure if you looked like, I'm sure you've done the work already to look back and be like, oh, I was like, doing similar things mm-hmm. as a child or, or at least connecting. Yeah. yeah. Connecting to my inner child. Yeah. No, that's so cool. And, and I, as I, often say and it's funny because I attract people that use the word cringe in this way it's like being cringe (laughs) will set you free you know it's like would you rather be cringe or would you rather have a satisfying business you know it's like I I remember the first time I like discovered this I was talking with my cousin and she's she's maybe like eight years younger than me or something like that and she was like just such a talented dancer and but in like a TikTok Gen Z way and like her cousin who's not related to me had like a very like successful TikTok thing and my my cousin was like really wanting to do that and I was like Gato you have to be willing to be cringe Mm -hmm. you have to just do it you know and I have said that now for years so it's fun to it's fun to hear you use that same word because I think it's such a like when we can own it, you know, it's like really like a freedom, a key to freedom, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I'm curious. I'm sure you've spoken about this in other places, but I like I heard you chat about, you know, you came into the human design scene. You started to kind of like learn this stuff and you found a gap 
in the generator market. And I, what is that gap for you? Like, what did you see that was like, yeah, not there? Cause, cause I mean, I think like, I probably found you like right at the beginning of my human design journey, like three or four years ago. Like I remember finding your account and being like, oh, she knows what's up. Like, and you just seem so established. And I was like, that makes sense. There should be like someone for, for, for generators at that time though. What was the gap that you were seeking to fill? Yeah. I mean, the way that all of this started was kind of similar to the creative process that I just described, which was like I had left that job and I had no idea what I was going to do next. I was also extremely fearful about like money and survival. Um, but I was like, you know, I have I have a couple months. I can just kind of I was like, I I'm I'm burnt out. I'm not doing well. I need to just do some things that are fun and satisfying. And so then I I found human design a few weeks later. I was like, you know, I, this is classic one line. I was like, I can't really speak to anything else but my own experience. So like, even at first I, I just started talking about generators, not even manifesting generators. I was like, I can talk about generators because even though I'm new to human design, I can look back at my life and understand a lot of these concepts and how they were applied in my life. So I can really speak to like years of experience despite only really having that knowledge for a short time. And I guess, yeah, I was surprised that there weren't more people Number one, there just didn't seem to be very many generators and manifesting generators in the human design world that were very visible. And it was a lot yeah. smaller back then, too. It was a lot of projectors, which makes total sense. Um, yeah. And I, I was, still see so many projectors when I look at like the really well-known people. I'm like, it's a lot of projectors, which, again, makes a lot of sense that they're doing great work. I agree. It is definitely mostly projectors. And they're just it, they're the ones who are naturally tend to be a bit more visible or focused on that or whatever. It makes it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, yeah, I would say it wasn't really like a strategic move. It was more just like, I can really only speak to my own experience. That's all I have to offer. And it was just kind of, yeah, I had had a blog before when I was in my early 20s, like a style blog, which I believed mm. was cringe and didn't want anybody in my real life to know about. And stopping right. that, I think, was correct for me because that's not really like, I mean, I'm like a Libra South Node, Aries North Node. So like Libra, mm. like that would be my South Node to be kind of paying attention to this aesthetic stuff. That's not really my yeah, my journey in this lifetime. But that concept of a blog really had stuck with me. And I was like, hmm, this is very mm. satisfying. So it was just funny to mm -hmm. these things that we figure out like a lot earlier actually are pretty, pretty true and satisfying. So yeah, I just kind of started putting stuff out there truly just from my own experience because I felt like I didn't, couldn't really talk about anything else and yeah it just really I'm talking about the exact same stuff as I did from day one like it's deeper it's more nuanced but it truly is like the exact yeah. same topics and it's really fun I mean, it sounds fun. And I have, you know, my own like spiritual business and it's the most fun thing in the world, you know? So I, I definitely agree. And I, and seeing your stuff, I can tell you're enjoying what it is that you're doing. Um, I think that's, I think that's just such an interesting story. Cause it's like, it's not strategic. It was like just you speaking from your own experience as a one, three, you know, generator and like what felt exciting to you at the time. And, and I've been thinking a lot about this concept of like body of work and like deepening your body of work, the more you engage with a topic. And so hearing you say at the end, like, I'm still speaking about the same stuff, but now it's deeper and more nuanced. It's like, that's so valuable, you know, to, to people to, I often find, I will say this. I often find that the three experience is the most valuable in terms of like, just trying things out and like putting them to test. I mean, it might just be me as like a three line vocation, you know? And like, I just find that type of knowledge very valuable. I, I, I find a lot of people, um, people, clients, friends, whatever, just often be like, oh, but I need a certification. Oh, but I need this. And it's like, do you get that like your experience that you've already lived and, and you think you need a certification to validate that? Like, but that experience is like actually the valuable thing. Like that's what people are wanting. Like when they're trying to get a certification is like your lived experience. So yeah, just talking about your lived experience and then deepening that further is super valuable for people. So yeah. And I love I love that you're doing it as a generator, just again, selfishly. I'm like, yay, I can like learn more about sacral, sacral topics. Speaking of that, I'm, I'm curious, what is your like 
description or distinction how do you distinguish between the generator and the manifesting generator because there's you know in raw's world it's like manny's or many gens are like a subtype and it's not really like a true other aura so there's and then other people say that there's five types i'm not really interested in i mean yes if you think there's five or four that's interesting too but how would you in your own language from so much experience talking about the generator experience how would you distinguish between those two types yeah, within a couple of months of starting my blog, I realized I could talk about both, not only because like my husband is a manifesting generator, so I have a mm. clear like subject to observe every day to speak <laughs> about, uh, but also just because the heart of who we are as sacral beings is the same, like we are all living off of that response, needing to put our energy into places that are satisfying for us every day but I would say the difference is just kind of how that expresses like the nuances of that so generators tend to want to put our energy into like one bigger thing and it's harder for us to split that between like wildly different aspects of our life typically like if a generator can't find like a main vocation that is satisfying it's going to be very hard to get that satisfaction out of something on the side because it's just hard for us it's like we're the classic ones where like if things aren't going well at work like we're just a mess like we're complaining Mm. you know we're just feeling like really bad in all aspects of our life whereas Mm. manifesting generators i find not not only do they need to have like a lot of different things going on but it's like like my husband, he has a day job at the same company where I used to work, actually. He's an engineer. And he mm. has the energy for that every day. Even if it's not like it's pretty it's pretty satisfying for him. But he always has a million side projects. And so for him, it's actually more sustainable to stay at that job through sort of the ups and downs. Like even if that job were not 100 percent satisfying every day, that would be fine because he kind of has the energy to like once that shift ends, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going over here. It's like straight to the basement, straight to the other engineering projects, the bike, the speakers, the whatever. Like he has a million things going on. So, yeah, it's just kind of that little distinction um, in how many what I call energy outlets somebody needs. Um, But also, Mm. I mean, sort of the classic human design language around this is like the reason that it's called manifesting generator is because manifesting generators have a more direct link between like one of their motor centers where like they're getting powered um, and their throat where they're able to express that. So they're sort of like quicker to take action. Um, But this can vary a lot between people based on like a lot of things in the chart that I probably can't even like recite at the moment, but the classic manifesting generator has this channel 3420 from the sacral to the throat. And it makes sense. It's like they get that response. It's like straight into action, straight into putting that out in the world. Whereas generators, we don't have that. So it's more like response. And then it has to kind of trickle its way up to the throat or make it there at the right moment. So we tend to be a little bit of like a slower mover in that way. Um, so mm. that's usually how you can you can spot the MGs. And, and of course, like MGs are because they're faster and can take that action more. It's like easier for them to kind of undo things. It's like you take the action. Oh, pivot. We're going over here. Whereas for a generator, it's like you take the action. It's like I am stuck in this until I have finished it. But I would <laughs> love to hear as an MG, like what what's your experience on that? Like what's your take on it? Yeah, that's a, I like how you I'll yeah, I'll share for sure, but I like the way that you came about that. It's like where it's like almost like where do we find like I, was, I like your description of like energy outlets. I I just I'm interested in that because often I just find people just speaking only about the mechanics. It's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, well, it's like, you know, this channel and the ball, <laughs> you yeah. know." And like you're really speaking to, you know, as we were talking before, like your lived experience, like like a generator has this one type of energy outlet and that should be satisfying and then a Manny Jen maybe would have these other ones and it's like it's just so so much more of like a um yeah like I don't know how to describe just lived experience I don't know another way of saying it but I just find that to be super interesting so thanks for for your perspective um yeah so I am a single definition and I have 34 20 twice so it's 34 is like both my north nodes and then 20 is is the south nodes um so I kind of laugh I have a lot of like Capricorn friends around the time I was born I was like we're all just 
3420 yeah. like you know psychos <laughs> like going out into the world um which is so fun um but yeah i mean for me like one of the things that really is i don't know if this is the right expression i'm terrible at expressions but i think this is the right expression i think one of the things that like put the nail in the coffin for me maybe sealed the deal for me it's yeah, a better yeah. expression about human design was hearing about how many gens are these like multi-hyphenate like multi-passionate people and like that to me essentially like gave me the permission or, or rather like validated and, and made me not crazy about looking back at my life and being like, oh my God, I like danced for 15 years, but I also like sang in the in the like choir, but I also always was into like science and like marine science. And I ended up studying marine science, but like taking a semester off school to like learn yoga and like what, you know, it's like that all in the, I think looking back, it's like, like with, without having the language of human design, it was like, I'm just crazy and I'm such a hot mm-hmm. mess and I don't know what to choose. And like, I'm going to, I'm Jack of all trades, a master of none or whatever. And then seeing the, like the multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate thing, I was like, Oh no, like this is how I'm designed. But yeah, it's like, if I, if I feel into what you described of like, you know, I, um, like can have kind of like a sustainability in one area and then like get my energy from like other sources or have these other energy outlets. Like that feels true to me, except I do need to have a job that is like very, very satisfying. And I, and I can like, that is actually like a huge priority for me. And if, if I don't, if I'm not experiencing energy for the job in that moment, that's when I go to like other things. So for me, like I've quit so many jobs. Like when I look back, I, I, I love your story of like when you heard your sacral scream, like, mm-hmm. no, I can't do this anymore. I have that. I've had that experience and it was very similar. And it was like, I quit like right away. And I did that like five times <laughs> before I like went into my business. Um, Cause I, I think, I think for me, maybe it's the astrology. It's like my moon in the 10th house or whatever. It's like my emotional landscape is like so uh, connected to my career and like just having like 10 total like Capricorn or 10th yeah. house placements. I like just, just like kind of aggressive. Like I do need to have the job satisfaction. Um, but when I look back at like when I didn't have job satisfaction, that's when I had three jobs at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I was doing like, you know, I was working for, say, like Apple retail and that wasn't super satisfying. But I was also I was doing an internship at, an, at um, an architecture firm and I was teaching yoga on the side. And then like once I let go of that one of those jobs and I would get a third one, it's like I always had multiple different. Yeah, like work energy outlets. And then once it was just this one, which is, you know, I'm in January, it'll be four years of like being full time. So uh, again, this is a Capricorn thing. I'm like, ah, like January, 2020, it's such an easy way to be like, it's been four years, you know, cause January, <laughs> just the math is so like simple. Um, but yeah, it's like, once I had this job, um, you know, I didn't find that I needed to be doing so many different things like outside of work. And I do a lot of things in work. And then when I'm in those, like either I, I, I'm actually curious to also chat about this with you. Cause I've been thinking about the generator plateau versus like the manifestor cycle and like many gens that have both, but I, I find there's a, there's a clear distinction between those two. But yeah, if I'm in like a manifestor rest cycle or like a generator plateau, that's when I do stuff outside. But like, I do find that the, that the work needs to be like, yeah, really, it needs to be very satisfying for me. Definitely. Thoughts on that? Well, it's funny because you're actually someone who I always keep in mind, I think, as a really good example of a manifesting generator because. So sweet. uh, Yeah. Because a lot of the manifesting generators that I work with, and I'm still like, I'm still trying to not being one myself and not having experienced this, I'm still trying to figure out exactly like just how to get to the bottom of that issue of people feeling like oh, I can't stick with any one thing. I'll never have a successful business. I'll never, whatever. And I don't think that's true of manifesting generators at all. You just have to find that space within your business of doing like doing enough different things. But the other thing I noticed about you is like you travel a lot and you go off and have a lot of fun. And I gosh, I'm just not sure that's something that a lot of generators would necessarily be capable of because it's like that ability to Mm. kind of switch off work, go do that. It's like that's almost like an energy outlet in itself. I've noticed for me it's getting worse that over time, like even I'll be like, oh cool, I got an invite to go to the beach for three days. Yes, I'm going to do this. But then I also know like, oh God, it's all, I'm going to be so discombobulated. Like I'm not going to be back to Mm. my good like work flow for at least a week after that. And so I still do it, but it's like, oh, this generator energy. Why can't I just like pivot between different things? 
Um, mm. So yeah, it's it's cool. Like I don't know. I just it's it's cool to see you like you do your work stuff and you go off and do that. And I'm just, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Thank you for that reflection. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's I've been especially like now because I just got back from Vermont and then on Saturday I go to Vegas to see the When We Were Young festival, which is like Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day and like all my favorite bands. And I just cannot wait. Um, but I do. I do travel so much more than most. And like when, when I, whenever I have friends that like are willing to take those like spontaneous trips with me, they always are manifestors or manifesting Mm -hmm. generators. Like I've, I'm like, like I, out of sheer luck convinced my generator friend last night to go to Vegas with me because a friend who was supposed to go, uh, just, just can't go anymore. And so we have like a free VIP fucking bracelet. And I was like, bitch, do you want to come to Vegas with me? And like, she's the, I've traveled with her before and she's the person like months in advance is like, we need to book our flights. I'm like, we need to book our tickets. And I'm like, I can't do, I'm like, I will only know until the moment. Like I, and I think it's a 20 thing as well, but like truly like I can't, I don't plan flights or stays until like maybe a few days before the trip. If, if even that, like out of sheer luck that I invited my friend and she was able to come last night. Did I book the hotel? Cause I still had not like booked a hotel. So yeah, that's an interesting reflection. I think it's also too, like it's probably like a Sag North node thing, you know, just like going off and traveling. It is something that I'm a little concerned about given that I'll be in two months when my less than two months, what the fuck? Anyway, my lease ends and I'll be going off and doing some like, like long-term traveling, like, I'm hoping to do like a little bit of a base over in Bali for a bit, just because I know it well. And I want to have a little bit of a base because I also like a routine and whatever. But um, anyway, I appreciate that seeing that as like energy outlets and like, you know, just a reflection of like, I am able to like switch quickly between between tasks. Yeah. Because a lot of times I feel like manifesting generators, it's really important for at you know, at least some of their energy outlets just be like purely fun. Like as soon as something feels like work, work, it's like, nope not interested in that it's like my husband I'm always like you have all of these things you could monetize like he used to build well he builds carbon bikes and for a while it it was in such high demand he had like wait lists people Mm. were giving him you know ten thousand dollars down pay and he just one day he was just like nope like that it was taking Mm. all the fun out of it and that's so fascinating to me because I'm like as a generator that would have been like my ticket out of the grind like doing something (laughs) I love but for him he was like that was the absolute worst thing that could have happened it ruined all the fun it was Mm. terrible but I have a question for you, actually. What do you think has allowed you yeah. to uh, stay satisfied and energized in your business while staying with, like, the same themes? Because you're not, like, jumping all mm. over the place. Like, you're you're talking about, you know, just, like, everything you do feels cohesive to me. So I'm curious just, like, how yeah. you've been able to, to keep that satisfying. Yeah. No, I'm hot. Thanks for asking me questions on my own podcast. It's so nice. Um <laughs> No, it's a good, it's a good question. I think a recent, one of the first parts of that answer is like a recent discovery over the last year of like how much fun I have. I think I've always known this, but like recently I discovered it, but how much fun I have with like the graphic design aspect and like just putting things together. Like I really, I love visuals. And so like your brand is so satisfying to me because you're so talented in that like design aspect. Um, But I find that whenever there is like a new, you know, response or a new idea or something like that, the graphic design aspect of it is like extremely energizing. And so that then is like the next question or the next like part of that answer is like, like what I'm trying to like put together, this is me like a little under the weather, but it's like, I am doing, it feels like I'm doing a lot of different things, but it does feel cohesive. Like what you're saying, it feels like I'm living under, I'm working under the umbrella of like human design and gene keys. And then I just get to create like little mini courses or mini projects like underneath that. And then like the graph, like for me, putting the brand together for that is like the kickoff, like to going and really deep diving on like a certain subject. Um, but yeah, how else have I been able to keep this satisfying? I will say like, I, like, I do let myself melt into the couch when there is no energy there. Like really, like last year was definitely a year like that. I don't, looking back, I'm like, is this, was that like a Saturn return like situation? Cause that last, like in February is when my Saturn went exact. And so I was, I was really dealing with a lot of those like Saturn first house return themes last year. Like just a lot of like body deal, you know, dealing with body image stuff. My skin was crazy and I let myself rest. Like I didn't have any energy to do this stuff. Um, 
but then going back into it, I just find that with human design and gene keys, like there's just so much to get into and there's so many, I don't know, ideas and things to do. And there's so many formats, right? It could be a course, it could be one-on-one, it could be readings, uh, it could be a mastermind. I actually find that you have really interesting, uh, you know, going back to that creator archetype, like very interesting containers and like ways to, yeah, like things that that you're offering. I feel very basic in my like course and coach, like course creator, like type of offerings. Um, But I find that there's a lot for me to do yeah, I find there's a lot for me to do in this space. And and I think this, maybe this is the last thing I'll say. Going back to the thing we were saying before about like deepening your body of work and having like more subtlety to it. Um, like that, like the, the deeper you go into something, the more there is to like talk about it. And so the more, I don't know, the more urges or ideas or whatever yeah. come through, come through to chat about. Um, like with, with the gene keys, like like human design and gene keys are both just insanely in-depth rabbit holes, you know? And like, and then add astrology onto that. It's like the more, the deeper you go into that, the more topics there are to share. So yeah, I find that for me, the creative aspect of it is extremely satisfying. Um, Yeah. And then like, there's so many things to dive into. And so I can let myself do a lot of different things. And when I found the most satisfying times in my business, it's when I'm doing multiple things at once. So it's like for this past month, like I launched this whole Gene Keys, like reader training and the podcast and like a free training to like lead into that like big certification style course all at the same time. And like three, I've heard, you know, other manifestor manifesting generators say three projects at a time is like a happy zone. And I do find that to be <laughs> the case for me. And then I just don't do anything for a little bit. And then I'm like three things at once. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that seems to be my pattern. Now that makes sense. Do you have an undefined heart? I do. Yeah. yeah Cause I was going to say both of us were like two, like very undefined hearts talking. So I'm like, I actually find your things very interesting. <laughs> like <laughs> we're both just like, yeah. I don't know the value of my thing. Cause I, yeah. Like, cause I, I, thought it was interesting like you taught people like how to do readings or like how to structure a readings business I think that's really interesting I think Mm -hmm. like your cosmic compendium like that's really interesting almost more of like a tech thing like yeah I think there's like a lot of and then yeah this more I guess like traditional or whatever coaching stuff but I think those are really creative ideas and like not something that you see out there that much and maybe that's where you're able to to keep Mm. that like excitement but yeah I a lot of the MGs that I work with, they'll be like, I'm never going to be able to commit to something like I'm interested in this, this, this. I'm like, no, I think you're just, <laughs> you, you're not at the place where you're ready to commit to one. You haven't found the the umbrella essentially that you're willing to stay with for a long time. Cause I do think MGs absolutely can, or that umbrella yeah. can just be you like your identity a lot. I do find that most MGs it's better just like make your brand name, your name that way you mm-hmm. like pure generators you know that wouldn't be like necessarily a thing for an mg because you'd feel like well mm-hmm. that's what i have to talk about but i think for a generator that's fine so yeah just mm-hmm. giving yourself that space um yeah and you're right it's like you come back to things over and over and that it doesn't mean you have to like abandon it the second you get like tired of it you can just like do something else for a while and then come back <laughs> Yeah, no, truly. And it's funny that you say, like, you're talking about, like, my readings on repeat course and then the compendium. And I, like, literally forget that those things exist. Like, truly. <laughs> like, I, like, forget about them all the time. And I'm like, holy shit, I, like, have an app. Like, I should, like, work on that and, like, tell people about it or whatever. Like, I fully just forget. And I just, like, get into, like, the three projects that I'm into, like, at the same time. And then people are like, can I get the compendium? And I'm like, oh, the link's not in the bio. Weird. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Like, let me, like, put it back on. Yeah, but like talking about um, the undefined heart thing, one of the things that I found super helpful for this launch was I, and then for this course, because I'm creating it as I go, is I'm not giving anyone a date. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, the podcast is coming this weekend, or like the whatever's coming this weekend, or, or whatever this week. And it's like, I don't like give myself those like hard promises to keep because yeah. I have done that in the past. And like the compendium took me 20 months. I thought it was going to take me like six. And so you can imagine mm-hmm. all the broken promises that were like made along the way. I, I've been meaning to record a whole episode on it. Um, it's been on my list of ideas for a while, but it's like, that was really hard, you know, but like, you know, again, I'm just, 
I love seeing your work as a three. It's like, as a th- you have to learn from those experiences and like learning from that and then approaching this launch, I was like, oh yeah, like this is one thing that I've learned that really like doesn't feel good. Why don't I try it like a different way? Um, but yeah, that's so, it's a good, um, thank you for the reflections. It's funny because I, like you're asking how to keep things satisfying and like not jump around from different things. And I, and I have had many gen clients just have way too many things at once and also struggle to kind of find that aspect. But I also have like manifestors talk about this too. And I always am fascinated by like my, one of my close friends in this industry, Katie Irvin, who is a manifester and she just has one product, Mm -hmm. you know, and I found her to be like a very interesting case study. And so I, I just mentioned that just to, to those listening it's like there's always a way to like work with your type I think you ah, there was something you said I don't know I've been binging all your stuff recently um but you said something somewhere probably in this book about like you can do anything you want it just needs to be like in alignment with your aura yeah, like you know how like you your do aura it. type yeah and the how it's not what you do yeah. everybody can do anything like I I see sometimes like I get notifications for like common human design like google searches for seo or whatever and mm. one of the ones this week was like generator careers and I'm like okay no 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 <laughs> like we, we can't be thinking that way like anybody can do anything right. it's just how you do it yeah mm-hmm. no it's so it's so true I, do you get a lot of clients asking you that like what am I supposed to like the what like what am I supposed to do yeah yeah I think what people don't like to hear because it's not satisfying to the mind is that a lot of this stuff just has to be lived out like there is no like you can't you know you can look at your chart and learn certain things maybe certain like overarching themes that's why I also work with like north nodes and numerology life path like I think Mm -hmm. those are really helpful systems because they kind of give you a little bit more of a clear picture of maybe like your soul's purpose or whatever but how that actually plays out in like this moment in time is just so like it just has to be lived you may end up doing something that no one's ever done before so you can't like I can't just look at your chart and be like this is what your purpose is and so you know it doesn't feel good it's like I said you know 2015 I start like well let's be creative let's figure out like I had a plan (laughs) the whole time I was like I'm gonna leave this job well how long did that take me five years yeah that's how long it took so like I would have been very angry had I known that when I began the journey, Mm. but the journey was so fun. It didn't even matter. Like that was the whole, like Mm. each stage was like an uncovering of more clarity around like what was satisfying, what felt good. And it, it just didn't matter like the time that that took in the end. So when you kind of get your mind in that place of like, okay, well, this is just an exploration. Like maybe I am interested in these 10 things right now. And you can't necessarily make yourself sit down and just choose two. Like you got to just kind of live it through and like seven or eight will drop away. And then you're left with the two and you're like, oh, okay, great. Now I know exactly like what I want to put out there or whatever. So you just have to live it. Can't, you can't really logic do. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Got to live it, not logic it. That's a good, that's a good tagline. No, it's true. It's true. And I, and I, I ask cause I have a lot of clients asking that same question or friends or whatever. Like I, I made that Selena Gomez meme of like looking into the distance of like me reading everyone's like charts at the party. Cause it, it often mm-hmm. happens. I have a friend of mine that like pimps me out. She's like, Maria, read them for filth. <laughs> you know, and I'll, <laughs> I'll read people's charts. It's just fun. It's a fun like party trick, but it's never, you know, it doesn't ever say like what to do. And even the Gene Keys, which like has very clear, you know, kind of answers of like, this is the frequency of your vocation and this is the role that you're going to play and whatever. Like, it's still not going to be and you should be a train conductor yeah, or it's like not whatever specific. it is. Like, it's so much yeah. more general and that's good. Like, because this, yeah, the the world is always changing. Like, if if it were the case in 20 years, it would all be obsolete. Like, like you're, you're here to run a photocopy business. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Barely exists anymore. So, yeah. Literally. We're, you know, we're in times of like extreme acceleration. Like, that's just the reality. You know, there that has not been the case through all of like human civilization. I would say there were probably times where your grandfather did this and then your father did it and then you did it and not a lot had changed but like now the stuff your grandfather did just doesn't even exist anymore in most cases so literally it's so different yes it's so fast right now and I have some questions about that because I know you have an, a unique perspective on that but I'll just I just want to highlight one of the things that you said is like 
you enjoyed the journey anyway. And I think that's like a, like definitely a very like sacral, like, you Mm -hmm. know, experience too, is like really enjoying the journey because it's like, like for me, going back to what you were saying about having like mini gen clients are like, I feel like I'm never going to like know what it is. Like, I know that this isn't going to be my only business or like Mm -hmm. my only thing that I do, but I'm like, deeply satisfied and like really enjoying this journey and I know that at some point like I'm gonna do something else and so if I know that and then I'm gonna do what, however many things I'm gonna do it I'm not and that I'm enjoying but I'm enjoying it now I'm not concerned about like what those things are gonna be like I know they're gonna come out of like this is also very like you know 53 energy that's my I have a Pen, uh, right angle cross of penetration so I have that I always say penetration cross that's not what I mean <laughs> but um I have I have the 53 as my cancer earth and it speaks about like those things coming out of an ex- like the next things come out of an expansion of the previous thing mm-hmm. and so if you're enjoying the journey like it doesn't matter like what the next thing is gonna like I'm so not concerned about it or how long I'm gonna be in the world of human design because as you're saying it's accelerating super fast. I think human design is going to be around for a long, for a long time, at least in our lifetime, you know, but, but there are other things that, that, I mean, like with AI, you know, right now it's like, I don't know, just like totally new careers are springing up and other careers are maybe not uh, going to be available. So yeah, I think the journey aspect of it is really important, like enjoying the journey. Yeah. And I'll also say that is not like an easy thing to grasp right away. Like it's truly something, it's just not how we're taught to think and it's not how our minds when left to their own devices tend to think so it's not Mm. easy to think that way at first but if you can kind of like I I feel like it was like a series of like ego deaths in a way to think that way because it's like what I just want it now I know Mm. it I'm aware of it like I want it now and oh god the frustration that came from that I still yeah I still have that sometimes and then it's like oh wait but like today is so beautiful (laughs) like I got to do this today (laughs) and all I need to worry about right now is this but honestly I think that's like people's biggest challenge with human design is like we think it's it is listening to your body but it's mostly your mind at least for generators and mgs but I kind of think it's true for everybody so yeah a lot of it is just mastering those thoughts (laughs) I agree. And it's funny that you say that, like, you know, we are trained to think in that way of like reaching for the destination or wanting it now. My yoga instructor that I always talk about, because he was like a mentor of mine for 10 years. So his voice is fully cemented in my brain. He always says, there's no there there. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no there to get to. We're like, I want to get there. And he's like, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Like, I don't. And I agree. I don't think that there's a there there. Um, and, and now it just feels kind of like what you were describing earlier as like your creative self. It's just like how you live and you couldn't imagine another way of being. You just are this like creative, visual loving, you know, self. That's how I feel about this type of mindset of like, you know, not being focused on the future necessarily in terms of like how to get to that goal or whatever, but really focusing on, am I satisfied now? I, for me, self-expression is like a huge thing. Maybe that 1.1 unconscious mercury, like I was saying earlier, but it's like, do I feel self-expressed? Do I feel energized as, as a generator? And then, you know, just think, literally just look at your signature, right? And it's like, do you feel insert the blank today? And, 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 I just can't imagine not living that way. Now it feels so much more freeing versus what you were saying before with that other type of mindset of like trying to get to a there there just feels really frustrating or like really disappointing or kind of intense. Yeah. I mean, we're asked, it's like, what's your five year plan? (laughs) I mean, I was never good at answering that question. Like I, like I offended some people. I didn't know I was being offensive, but it's like, I remember I had an internship and they're like, well, what drew you to like medical data management? And I was just like, well, I just kind of ended up here. It was sort of random, but I'm willing to give it my all. And they and they're just like, uh, like, like jaw on the floor. I was like, oh, that was not <laughs> the answer, I guess. <laughs> This is not what you were looking for, clearly. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's, yeah. And it's like, who, I always think this too, like, I, I think maybe this is like also like a Manny Gen thing or, or rather a sacral thing. It's like, we were never told all the possible jobs that could be out there. And mm-hmm. so it's like anyone that's in any job just also kind of ended up there. Like, you can't tell me that like little kid at two years old was like, I want to be a financial controller. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's such a random job that doesn't like that nobody knows about like we just know of like these archetypal you know fireman policeman doctor lawyer whatever it's like if we I feel like 
I don't know some I don't feel super passionate ever about like working with younger people but like my main thing that I feel passionate about is like here's a menu I I often Mm -hmm. do this as a generator I'm curious if you do this too like I like menus of options and to see what to respond to I feel like it would have been really helpful for me to know here's a menu of career options I mean whatever I found my way here so it's not a big deal but as a quick aside um one of the things I do for myself to, to work is like I lay out my to-do list and I'm like, which one feels satisfying? Like which one feels energizing? And if none of them do, like, is there another one I could do or should I just like rest? Is that something, have you found that menu concept to be useful? Definitely menus, templates, all sorts of things. Like it's yeah. funny you said the to-do list thing because I was basically just like raw dogging life this entire year. I had like no... <laughs> organizational system I had like no plans it was fine until it wasn't and then I was like let's think well until it was like well I need to promote this book I have to answer to people there's some things that need to happen I can't just be like feral in my whatever so I was like let's start (laughs) thinking like two weeks ahead let's do that so Mm. then I got a new planner and then I was just like I love writing in my planner this is so satisfying but like you're saying, mm. inst- what I really needed to do, and now I'm doing this, is making like, here's the things I w- I could do this week. Like, here are the ones that really need to happen. Here are the ones that like, right. I could do. Whereas at first, I was kind of like writing them down each day. Like, today I'm going to do this. And I started to like give myself extreme stress. Like, I became very unhappy. And I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was because I was never finishing the things because I was probably doing something mm. else or whatever. And yeah, now it's like I sit and I'm just like, okay that and then I do it and then it's like back to the list respond okay that and now I feel just like much better but yeah it was like really really not going well yeah (laughs) yeah no I've (laughs) definitely been there too I think I don't know is that also like an undefined heart thing and with a sacral but yeah I don't no willpower can't no mm -mm, don't have it (laughs) yeah same I really don't succeed with like you have to get these three things done today I mean sometimes I will say like with a defined route like I find that like a deadline, not a deadline, but it's like, if I have like no time to do it and it has to get done, like maybe I'll like succeed. Like I do enjoy a little bit of that, like insane, oh, yeah. like root pressure. Same. Yeah. Like if it but has it's like, to be done, I will do it. But yeah. if it doesn't have to be done and maybe like it would be nice to be done, it's no, probably not. Right. Like I find that, yeah, if it doesn't, if it doesn't have to be done, that root power doesn't like really ever kick in, or at least not in the way that I'm used to it kicking in, which is like, ah, like do it. Um, But like for the day to day, if I'm trying to make my life satisfying, I've really found this like menu concept to be super Mm -hmm. helpful. And and here's what could get done this week, you know, and like, all right, great. Like I can pick and choose from here, here and here. So yeah, I, I, that's cool to hear, hear your experience about it. I just wanted to, uh, since we're, you know, coming up on the hour, um, I wanted to touch or circle back. I'm horrific at expressions. I think it's like moving to the U.S. at like a certain age. I just like don't know like Venezuelan expressions or like American expressions. But anyway, circling back, um, you know, you're talking about how we're, um, you know, accelerating really fast right now. And, And in the beginning of your book, you talk about the age of Aquarius and like how human design coming in at this time is like really, yeah, like, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, it makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and your podcast is called New Paradigm Human. In mm-hmm. your first episode, you talk about this idea and, and that you you get these downloads. And so I'm just curious if you have any anything that you're like really feeling into that right now about this like acceleration, this age of Aquarius, like what's alive for you right now with that contemplation? Yeah, it's funny because at least in the past year, those downloads have like slowed a bit for me, which is really interesting. And partially that Mm. could just be like what I've been focused on in my life. But I do think that we've we crossed a certain threshold in a lot of that. Like we're still in this time of like really extreme acceleration, like in human design. They say it's like leading up to 2027 when a lot of like things will like DNA will change and the new the children will be born with more like energy centers or whatever and all that is possible um but I think like the the COVID years were really really extreme where people were thinking really differently about a lot of things and it was it was just a way that people had not been forced to think in a really long time and I think because we made it through that and, and started to think differently it's a little more gentle right now But yeah, basically just we're in a time of like questioning all of the structures, the hierarchies, the expectations that we've had before of how things should be. 
And as we come into, I mean, really the the transition between the different ages, it happens gradually. So there's not like one year where we can pinpoint like in 20, I guess like 2100, like we're in the age of Aquarius. It, it's not going to be exactly like that. I get a little sad that I, pro- that I won't be alive to like be in the age mm. of Aquarius. Like I get bummed, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, yeah. well, part of the point of being here right now is to be part of the transition. Um, right. But yeah, we're just, we're, I think, I think everyone made it through that time of questioning a, a lot of things like school, work, how we spend our time, mm-hmm. how we organize our communities, how we connect with people. And now we're kind of like, we're, we're in a bit of a rhythm. So we'll have to see mm. just what happens um, through like the next decade. And if all the children grow new centers in their hands or whatever <laughs> in 2027. Right. That is the 2027 uh, prophecy is not something I've dove super deep into other than having that kind of like basic knowledge. And I think it's really interesting. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's interesting. And I do when I interesting is such a glossy over word, but I think it's, it feels yeah. resonant in my bones. And when I think back to those COVID years, I mean, first of all, what a time to be a human design person online oh during gosh, that time. Yeah. Really like, <laughs> like I am so grateful for that timing. Cause like, whoa, there, that was very helpful. <laughs> yeah, that was very helpful. Um, and I say this now to, um, to my students, it's like human design and especially even gene keys are like so fucking random. Like this is not like <laughs> this is the market is not saturated. And even if it ever was actually saturated, it still really wouldn't be. Cause when it's us, it's never saturated cause no one's doing it like you, but like really, really right now, it really, really isn't saturated. Like there's no. not enough people talking about this, but, but yeah, like thinking back to those COVID years, like it felt, it really did feel like such a big upheaval, you know, of everything. Um, and so, but yeah, it's funny to hear you talk about the specific dates. Cause I was just joking about how we thought the world was going to end in like 2012 and like with the Mayan calendar. And then we thought it was going to end in 2000 and like whatever, you know, there's, and there's like, I come from a very Catholic family and there's some kind of quite radical Catholics in my family that also speak to like, you know, a sort of world ending and some sort of time. And it's like, for me, when I look around at the chaos happening right now, it does, I, I am aware that the world is ending in the sense of like, mm-hmm. because a new and better world is like coming. Like it's, it's so chaotic right now for that reason. And I think it's cool that we both chose to like be on the earth <laughs> during this like really kind of wild time. Yeah, I agree. And I guess like one, like, I guess if anyone takes anything away from this, it's that the a lot there's a lot of people who are thinking like the world is ending. I don't want to have children because of climate change and all of these things. And I think there's an other another side of that story, which is that not only like statistically is it the best time to be alive in the world, which doesn't mean that everyone's having a great right. experience. That's never the case because that's just not how the world is at this point. But right. statistically it's the best time to be alive. And also a lot of these things like these roads we're heading down with things like climate change it's not that it's not real it's just simply that we can choose to turn this stuff around if we get focused on it if everybody gets the right awareness like I I think we kind of saw an example of that with COVID like how much the world could change if everybody just kind of started behaving in a different way So I just have a lot of hope for where we're going. I think we're going in a great place. I think the Aquarian energy is going to take care of a lot of those issues that feel really like catastrophic and apocalyptic right now. And yeah, we're just, we're going into a a new, a new place and a new age. Yes. No, a hundred percent. And I don't know, I don't know what your, what your motivation is, but at least for me as like an innocence motivation person, like I find to that perspective to feel so true for me, you know, too. Like I do find there to be a lot to be hopeful about. And for me, it feels like certainty. Like it feels certain Mm -hmm. that we are like getting into like 
that this is the best time to be alive and that it will continue to get better. And like the Aquarian energy like is coming or however way you want to describe that. Um, like for if Aquarian age of Aquarius doesn't resonate with you, whoever's listening, like whatever yeah. way you want to describe that new kind of wave. Cause I do think it's a good time to be alive. So what an ending to end on. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm so, I'm so curious, you know, you, you came out with this fucking amazing book, a modern guide to human design linked below in the show notes. What's, what's next for you is, is are you focused? I know thinking of like the generator train track coming to a stop. Um, what's, what's next for you? Is it, are you still super focused on the book? Do you have any other cool things? Where can we follow you? <laughs> Tell us all the things. Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like as a generator, even though I'm almost at the five year mark in my business, I feel like I'm just getting started and figuring it out. So, uh, yeah. I'm putting out like a new, I did these little glow up experiences for three months at a time this year that ended up being really awesome for generators and MGs with like kind of like a little course or topic each month and a community mm. and like was very specific to just basically me responding to what people were wondering about. And that was really awesome. But I'm basically taking that and taking like all the work I've done over the past years, like all, like all the soul type work, the human design info, the generator mg specific stuff and i'm turning it into like a big space where you can access all of that so like you said i know not to do, to do like due dates with my defined heart so yeah. it will be coming sometime <laughs> in the next few weeks um but that's Amazing. what i've been working on but yeah it just feels like finally after five years there's like there's a good solid base and like a culmination of a lot of things so i'm really excited for everybody to be able to access that and just get support on their deconditioning journey. But yeah, you can find me at puregenerators.com at puregenerators on pretty much like any platform. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hell yeah. Thank you for coming on. I feel like I could talk to you for a lot longer about many more topics. Um, but yeah, all of Rachel's stuff will be linked in the show notes for those of you listening. And yeah, if you're looking for an excellent modern guide to human design, you know, and a good textbook and you love to read, uh, when you get your information, Rachel's an incredible writer and this book is super fucking awesome. So highly recommend. But yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. All thank right. you. Friends listening. Yeah. You're welcome. We'll chat with you later. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. I had so much fun interviewing Rachel. We just, as you hear me say at the end, I feel like I could talk about a lot of things with her for a lot longer. We just had a great time and it was awesome to chat with such a resource and such an expert in this field. And for me personally, it was great to ask a lot of selfish questions about one-line archetypes, being three, all that good stuff. So thanks for sticking around. And if you want a great book resource for human design, if you want to learn human design from a book or you want to have a book reference, Rachel's A Modern Guide to Human Design is an absolutely fantastic book that I have the pleasure of owning and reading. And it's just incredible. So go check that out in the show notes below and I will see you in the next episode. Talk to you later. All right, my friend, thanks for joining me on another ride aboard the Shortcuts to Mastery spaceship. You can get started on your human design and Jinkies journey with me today for free by going to mariahenning.com slash chart, which is linked below. If you're a visuals lover, as well as an audiophile, then definitely join the party over on Instagram at bymariahenning for lots of fun and beautiful educational content, and to tag me in the stories with the episodes you listen to so I can repost you. And of course, if you're here, you know it totally rocks for podcasts to receive great ratings, so if you're feeling warm and fuzzy and want to share, I'd be eternally grateful. I can't wait to connect again. Thanks for being here, and until next time, here's to everything going easier, better, and faster than expected.